the, 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 uh, the uh, whatever call it, Mike. All right? At least in a long time. I haven't been in a long time here, and so I'm a little excited, but I might get too excited, i got to be honest, and I might come down and start talking right next to you, okay? So don't be a little shocked or weirded out if I start walking down like, whoa, what's he doing? Hey, I'm just feeling good, okay? All right, so go on with me over to Luke chapter 23. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I could be, uh, I could just have a moment where I just get impressed by something. It's usually something that, that I'm already very familiar with. You ever had this? Maybe you're driving and you look and you see the sunset. Or maybe you look at the mountains or you go to the beach and, 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 and you've seen it many times, but for some reason you're able to step back and, and see it, you know, fresh and new. And it stands out and you're impressed by it and you, you might even be in awe of it. You know what I'm saying? Has that ever happened to you? I know sometimes I look at my two daughters. I have two daughters, a four-year-old and a two-year-old. We call her baby girl and baby doll. And... And I look at my daughter sometimes, and I just kind of step back, and I'm like, wow, they're awesome. And I just look, and I'm like, man, I love these girls. And then sometimes I'll see Karina, my wife, and, uh, or I'll look at a picture of her, and i just go, man, you know, she's beautiful. I mean, she's really pretty. You know what I mean? Like, I already knew that, but I just get a step, a step back, and I'm like, wow, I'm in awe. And my hope and prayer is that today... As we look at Jesus, we'll have one of those moments. Because I know for many of us, we're very familiar with Jesus. And the, the scriptures that we'll look at, we're probably very familiar with. But I want us to take a fresh look this morning. Are you guys with me here? And I pray and hope that we all be in awe of Jesus. And by us being in awe of Jesus, we will therefore be inspired by Jesus. Amen? The title of the lesson today is Forgiveness. And it's inspired by several things that have been going on in my life, and one I'll share later. But, you know, we've been uh, uh, studying out, like I said, the book of uh, Mark and Jesus. And in and, and our campus ministry on Wednesdays, we've been looking at, at uh, you know, pretty much the, the, the first principles, the very basic foundations of what it means to be a Christian. And we just studied out uh, what Jesus did on the cross. And so I just kind of st- took a step back and was in awe again of what Jesus did on the cross for you and for me. And as we look here in Luke 23... I believe the best way that we can understand this story and be in awe is to put yourself in the story. Now, put yourself in the shoes of Jesus, okay? Put yourself in the Jesus sandals here, all right? Or for those who speak Spanish, the, the Jesus chanclas. You know what I'm saying? I hope that's how you pronounce it. Was that right, right, right? Okay, amen. See? Karina, she, 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 she's finally, you know what I'm saying, I'm finally learning from her. Luke chapter 23, and the first thing we're going to observe here is Jesus wanted to forgive. Jesus wanted to forgive. Luke chapter 23 here. Now, Luke was a doctor, and he actually did some investigating. He went inside, hey, you know, I'm going to research all this stuff I know about Jesus. I'm going to go talk to the eyewitnesses. And therefore, he wrote a biography for us, and this is what we call the Gospel of Luke. Now, Jesus had uh, what we would call some haters in his life. And so these were some serious haters. Because they actually get Jesus to, uh, you know, they, 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 they bring him up before a group and they actually want to kill Jesus. So we're going to read this story here. It's starting off in verse 13, Luke chapter 23. Pilate, the, the governing official over at Jerusalem at the time, called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people and said to them, You brought me this man as one who was inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. 
Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us, as you can see. He has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. With one voice they cried out, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us! Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again. But they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time he spoke to them. Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified and their shouts prevailed. Let's stop right there. Imagine being Jesus. And here you are. And you're standing before this crowd and you've already been falsely accused. You've already been beaten and bruised and you've had a night full of dehydration. You're exhausted. And here you are and you're standing out and there's this crowd and they're yelling out, crucify you. Now, you might have had some people who didn't like you. I've had some people that I know have not liked me. But I couldn't imagine what it would have felt like. To have people that, that just not like me, but actually wanted me dead. And not just wanted me dead, they were actively, insistently trying to get me killed. How would you be feeling in this moment? What would you have going on in your heart? What would be the thoughts that would be going through your mind at this time? What would you be tempted to do or to say? I know for me, I'd be thinking a whole lot. I'd be sad. I'd be mad. I would want revenge. I'd want to strike out. I'd want to say something. I would want to fight back in some way or form. Now, remember this. This is Jesus, and this is all going on, and now we're going to continue to read in verse 33 here. You guys still with me here? Are you inserting yourself into the story here? Verse 33. When they came to the place called the Skull, there they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, check this out, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. We're very familiar with this passage, but again, we're taking a fresh look at this. You have just been on stage. You have just had a known criminal be decided they wanted him released over you, the innocent man. As you look out into the crowd, you probably see people that you have helped, that you have healed. You're seeing cousins and friends and neighbors of those that you have healed who have once cheered for you, but now they have quickly turned on you. If you're Jesus, what would you be thinking? What would you be tempted to do? Jesus did what you and I would not do. He says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And I know for me, that's not the prayer I'm going to be praying. 
I would have probably prayed something a little different. Father, strike that man right there. Father, let me go and let me go after, you know, Thaddeus over there. Let me go after that guy, John, whatever. You know, I, I'll be thinking a lot of stuff. The last thing I'm thinking about is for their forgiveness. I'm thinking maybe ease the pain. Or I'm thinking, I'm looking out to the crowd saying, are you going to get me? Oh, ooh, wait, wait till I come back. Or don't act like you're all holy and righteous now. I know some of y'all. I know that's what some of you would be thinking. But let me ask you this. Would you pray for their forgiveness? What type of heart does that reveal about Jesus? What does that reveal about his character? What does that reveal about his strength? And remember, he had the power to condemn them. He could have called down 12 legions, which would have been approximately 36,000 angels. And he could have just obliterated the whole scene. But instead of enacting revenge, he wants them to be forgiven. Are you in awe of Jesus? I mean, this is incredible when we insert ourselves and imagine what he said and what he did. The love, the grace, the heart, the strength to even pray this, to even have this thought going through his mind, but then to utter, to utter it out, knowing that there's a risk of him being ridiculed at that point. Revealing his heart, revealing his grace, his compassion, his purpose, and his love. It's amazing hard for Jesus to forgive, but I want to look at how amazing it is for Jesus to forgive us. You guys with me here? Because we're in awe of Jesus and his ability at that moment in time to pray that. But let's be in awe of how Jesus forgave us. Going over to Colossians chapter two. You guys with me here? All right. Now, don't get quiet on me. Colossians chapter two. You know, Jesus wanted to forgive same thing we're going to see is Jesus forgave us. If you're a child of God this morning, you have repented, gotten baptized, following Jesus. Jesus has forgave you. Hallelujah for that. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures. There's so many scriptures, so many scriptures, so rich with us just looking and being in awe and just being in, in, in wonder and amazement at how Jesus can forgive us. But I want us to look at two real quickly. In Colossians chapter two, verse 13. Are you guys there? When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. I'll repeat. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. God forgave us through Jesus on the cross. This is amazing because, you see, we know from the Bible, Romans chapter 3, it says, every one of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so sin means that we missed the mark. God has set a mark out for us that we have missed it. Sometimes it was unintentional. Sometimes it was deliberate. And we have all missed the mark. We've all fallen short of the commands of God. But it says here that because Jesus died on the cross... Those who would become his disciples have been forgiven of how much? 
all of our sins. Not one, not two, not the past, but every single one of them. At the cost of his death. Now let me ask you this. Is it natural to take the punishment for someone who sinned against you? That seems like a ridiculous question, right? Like if somebody offended you, like let's say somebody, I don't know, let's say somebody stole something from you. Let's say somebody stole something from you, and then they get caught. And then you say, you know what, I'm going to take your punishment. How many of us would do that? Say, no, why would I think of such a thing? That's ridiculous. He did the crime. He's got to do the time. Well, guess what? That's not what happened with us and God. You see, we did the crime. However, we didn't do the time. You see, Jesus died for all our sins. Go on with me over to Romans chapter 5. Again, I want us to look at this and and be in awe of Jesus and what he's done in our lives. Are you guys with me here? Romans chapter 5. Again, this is a passage that many of us are familiar with. Romans chapter 5. Verse 6. Give me an amen when you get there. All right, let's read. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? You know, it says we and us several times. Did you catch that? What does that mean for us today? That means this applies to us. We are the we and us. And what does it say that we and us are? It says we are the ungodly, the sinners, and even the enemies of God. What does it say that Jesus did for his enemies? What does he say he did for the ungodly, for the sinners? It says he died for them. He died for us. And it says we have been justified by his blood. And this is a huge statement for us, this word justified by his blood, it means that we are no longer guilty, but completely innocent of any wrong we've ever done. Any wrong that you've ever done, if you've been justified by the blood of Jesus, it means it has been completely wiped away, wiped clean. You might remember it. God knows you might have done it, but God's like, ah, I forgot all that. In fact, it, it, it could even be accurately, probably more accurately translated as declared righteous by his blood. So, so think about this here, okay? Not only did Jesus die for our wrongdoing, but when he died and the blood of Jesus covers us, when we get baptized, right? What he's saying is that we are now righteous. You went from being a sinner, ungodly, an enemy of Christ, to now being one who's never sinned and completely righteous. It's like as if you did everything right from the beginning. Did did you catch that? It's like you did everything right from the beginning. 
You go, but I didn't. God knows. I know, but my son's sacrifice, when he forgave you, that's what it meant to me. Are you in awe of Jesus yet? I mean, this is incredible. When we step back and go, wait a second. I know myself. I know how much of a sinful dog I can be. But God, you mean to tell me that I'm now righteous? I'm now pure, I'm holy in your sight without blemish? Why? Because I did something right? No. But because of what Jesus did upon the cross. This is incredible forgiveness. And I don't know about you, but it it, it does something to me. When I get inspired by Jesus, when I see this, it, it starts to swell up with emotion. And, and I start to, I feel like I have to do something. I can't just appreciate this and sit down and, and keep going on with my day. It, 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 there, there's something that's stirring me, something that's moving me, saying, all right, I've I, I got to show some type of appreciation. And so for me, and I hope this applies for you, but I feel like the response to this is to live like I'm forgiven and to forgive others. To live like I'm forgiven and to forgive others. Let's look at this first part. Go on with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. All right, you guys with me here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, there's this guy named Paul, and he's writing a church, to the, uh, a letter to the church in Corinth. And Paul actually was an, uh, 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 an enemy of Christianity, but he became a Christian and, in fact, died for his faith in Christianity. That kind of helps solidify our faith here, right, when you know the story of Paul. But he's writing here, and I want us to look at something here. He had just remembered who he was before he had become a Christian. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10, the Bible reads, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. What is he saying here? He says, man, I I was so fired about being freed from my sin, about being forgiven, that, that I gave my whole life to this. I worked harder than anybody. He's not boasting as if he's great. He's just, I, I know that I gave it my all. I believe that same conviction should be our conviction when we respond to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. When we're aware of what we have been forgiven of, we can only say, hey, I'm going to work harder than any and every body for the gospel. Are you guys with me here? It, 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 to me, it says, hey, we should worship him in truth and in spirit. I want to be faithful to him. I don't want to deviate from his plan. No, why? Because I've been forgiven. I want to live a holy life. Sin does not attract me in the same way. I don't want to be in sin. Why? Because I've been forgiven of all that sin. I want to honor him with everything I do, how I work, how I go to school, how I am as a neighbor. I want to honor what he's done for me in my life. I want to share this with others. I can't, I can't keep it to myself like we just say. No, I have to share this. Why? Because I've been forgiven of so much. I'm going to live like this. I want others to be forgiven as well. I'm going to live and die for Jesus. I've been forgiven. I'm not going to live my same old life. I'm not going to live the way the world is going. I'm going to go against the tide and I'm going to follow him and I'm going to die a Christian faithful to him as much as I am on that day of death as I was when I said, Jesus is Lord at my baptism. Are you with me here? I think we need to live like we're forgiven. But let me ask you, are you living like you're forgiven? 
Does your life reflect that you've been forgiven of all that sin in your life, past, present, and even future? What does it look like it was before you came in contact with the grace of Jesus? You see, there should be a clear difference of before and after. If anybody truly appreciates what Jesus did, then I believe we will live like we're forgiven. It'll be incredible. It'll be infectious. It will be fruitful. And it will be worth it. God will be glorified and souls will be impacted. Are you guys with me here? But let's get on. Jesus calls us to forgive. Go with me here. I'm going to have it on the screen. But Matthew chapter 18. Look, let's look at this here. If we're living like we're forgiven and we know we were forgiven, we also have to understand that we have to forgive others. Look at these scriptures here. Matthew 18, 35. This is how my heavenly father would treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your. From your. Hearts. Matthew 6, 14 to 15. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men when in their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Ephesians 4, 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. You see, we, we love we love the being forgiven part. We love that forgiving part, don't we? But wait a second. I got to forgive. Whoa, hold up. I didn't know that was a part of the agreement. I mean, we love and we really want to be forgiven, but we struggle to give forgiveness, don't we? I got I to be honest here. You know, it's just about, I think it was last week, I did a, a Bible discussion on the campus of USC, and we talked about forgiveness. And so that night, I went home. And uh, we had our uh, we had our 1995 Mazda MPV stylish band. And it's not really stylish. And uh, you know what? I, 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 I never do this, but I, um, you know, we, we, dro- we, we I drove that car to USC. We used to drive the other one, but the other one's getting fixed. And I go inside the house and I get up early the next morning to go to USC again. We're going to have a, a time to pray. And uh, as I'm getting out of a, a, a opening up my front door, um, the, the lights on, I hear this noise. I'm like, that's weird. And this guy takes off. He was inside the van. And I'm like, hey. What are you doing? Get out of here. I was so startled. I'm like, man, I can't believe this. And I took a step and kind of the old Marcel kind of came back. And I, uh, I took off and ran after him. And said, so here we are running down the street. Six o'clock in the morning. It's still dark. And my neighbor tells me later, he goes, yeah, I saw this. I heard this noise. And then I saw this guy running. And a couple seconds later, I saw you running. And I run in and I, and I chased the guy down. Yeah, your boy's still in okay shape. You know what I mean? <laughs> I chase him down. And then he's like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I, you know, hey, forgive me, forgive me, man. I'm sorry. I swear, I, I just took a piece of paper, and I knew we, didn't, we, we never had anything in the van. And so I'm like, well, what kind of paper did he take, you know? But he goes, I threw it on the ground, and, and I'm there, and, and, and some them, and, and I, I, I'll be honest with you, part of me, like, want to jump on this dude, okay? I'm just being vulnerable with you. And then something said, man, you just talked about forgiveness last night. You're a Christian. How's that going to look? I don't want you on Channel 11 News. You, you know what I'm saying? 
And I said, all right, man, but don't let me catch you over here again. And I walk off. I come home, and Karina, you know, she was asleep. She's all on the phone. What'd you do? And 911. And uh, I understand. I shouldn't have ran after the guy. But anyhow, come to find out, long story short, I actually did leave something in the van. I actually left my new tablet that I just received. So now I'm hot. And I'm like, man, I just forgave him, Lord. But man, if I would have known that he stole something. But then I realized that, you know what, it's okay. Because you know what, I, I, I know I actually was that kid at one point. I said, I remember, I, I remember breaking into cars. And you know, here I am as a Christian. I said, you know, I'm going to pray for this guy. I'm going to pray that, that you know, that one, hopefully we can find my tablet. But I'm going to pray that, that, that he'll find salvation. And he can share that story. Now, I'm not saying give me props. I'm just saying, hey, when we've been forgiven, God's going to call us to forgive others. And I don't know about you, but it gets hard, doesn't it? It seems like it's so easy when you're young. Like, you just forgive. Hey, it doesn't matter, you know? Next hour, we're best friends, right? But as you get older, it gets harder. Am I the only one? Isn't it hard, too, when it's people like you love dearly? Or people that you're close to? Like family and friends? Maybe even, like, people in the church? No, we never have any hurt feelings in the church, no. Of course we do. You know, Marty always jokes around and how people are surprised when they get into church how somebody hurts them. You know, I got to testify, that was me. And I remember getting into the church and going, man, everybody's awesome. Then I got hurt and I was like, whoa, this isn't supposed to happen. And then I started hurting people. And I said, okay, you know what, this is how it is. But through Christ, we can reconcile it. And not not in fact that we can, we're called to reconcile it. You know, as we see here from the scriptures, it's not an option. It's a command for us to forgive. But I think we struggle with forgiveness when we forget Christ. You see, I believe that when I'm in tune and I'm locked in to how much I've been forgiven of, then I'll be grateful. But then, too, it'll be a lot easier to forgive others when they sin against me. You, You guys get what I'm saying here? When we remember what Jesus has done for us, his heart to forgive, then we can also extend forgiveness to others. But you might be saying, but you don't know what they did to me, Marcel. You know what? You're right. I don't know. But I do know this. I do know that you hurt God. And I don't know all the ways that you hurt God. But I do know that if you're a child of God here today, he forgave you. Therefore, we should forgive others. You know, I want to say this real quickly here. You know, I know it's a hard thing, but Jesus calls us to do it. And and even the world has figured this thing out. They've done studies on forgiveness here. And and we have a list here of some of the things they said that forgiveness can actually do here. That's like if the studies show forgiving can actually lead to healthier relationships, greater spiritual and psychological well-being, less anxiety, stress and hostility, lower blood pressure, fewer symptoms of depression, stronger immune system, improved heart health, higher self-esteem, potential longer life. Wow. If that doesn't convince you, and that's just additional benefits. Now, we're not to mention the unity it brings, the healing of relationships and wounds. Now, I know for some of us, it's a process. And amen, we need to get help with that process. But we can't just say, no, I'm going to hold on to a grudge. 
We've got to make sure that we're living like we're forgiven. And that we're extending forgiveness to others. I want to give you some practical action steps this week. Amen? I believe the Bible should be very practical. And so, here's some possible things you can hear do this week. If you're visiting here with us this week, I want to encourage you, seek the forgiveness of Jesus. Understand, what, what is this? I, I, go after it. And I believe the best way you can do it is to study the Bible. To be honest and give your whole heart as you study the Bible and seek the forgiveness of Jesus. If you're a member of our con- congregation here, I want to encourage you. Spend time reflecting on the forgiveness you have received from God. May that swell up in you. May that generate something to which you will live like you've been forgiven. And then I believe all of us, we can go ahead and forgive you know who. You know who. You know who that is. Go ahead. And and maybe it's just starting the process. But go ahead and decide. You're going to forgive you know who. And some of y'all are like, "Mm mm-hmm, I know who. Let me ask you this question here. What would the world look like if there was no forgiveness? Is that something you want to live in? Is that something you want your kids to be raised up in? A society where there's no forgiveness? Or better yet, what if Jesus didn't forgive? What if Jesus didn't forgive you for your sins? That's why we should be praising God that he did. Praising God that that Jesus did die on the cross. Praising God that he did forgive us our sins. Praising God that we have an opportunity now to live like we're forgiven. Amen? Let's be in awe of Jesus' desire to forgive on the cross. Let's remember and praise Jesus for forgiving us. Let's follow Jesus by forgiving others. I want to close out with this last story here real quickly. And I shared this in the congregation many years ago. And some of you who know my, uh, my family situation know this. And uh, I just feel like it's a testimony to the power of forgiveness. Uh, I've been forgiven of a lot. Uh, I shared this with a campus ministry the other day, and this girl was shocked. She's like, whoa, Marcel, I didn't know you did all that. And, uh, you know, like I said, I've committed robbery. Uh, I've been a part of armed robbery. Uh, I was was a womanizer at a very early age. I used to, uh, I was involved in drugs and gangs and started selling drugs. Uh, therefore, I was fighting. I had so much anger in my heart. There was racism in my heart. There was a lot of bad things. I mean, I was a liar amongst liars. I was a thief. I was, I was, I was a terrible son to my mom at times. And with my older brothers, we had built up this huge amount of anger and hatred and bitterness toward our father. We felt like he wasn't there for us as we were growing up. And so, by the grace of God, May 1st, 2001, I was forgiven of all of my sins and was baptized into Christ. And I say hallelujah for that. And, 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 you know, through the years there, I I had had felt like, okay, I had forgiven my, my dad. But then as I realized, I realized there was still, every time I talked about him, there was a little bit of a sting that was there. You, you guys know what I'm saying? When I was talking about him, I didn't just have this genuine love, but there, there was something there. And, and, and so I decided, I said, you know what? I haven't really forgiven him the way I need to. So I called him up one day. And uh, actually, I had Matthew Epps in the car with me, who was in our team ministry. And now he's in the Chicago church doing well. And, and I called him and I, and I, and I said, Dad, uh, you don't know this, but... 
you know, I, I want to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I've held some bitterness in my heart towards you. And um, I just want to apologize. Because I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have held on to it. And I feel like I, I haven't loved you the way I need to as a Christian. And for the first time ever in my whole life, my dad apologized. And we had, and I started crying. I got Matthew S. in the car, and I'm like, trying to hold it in. <laughs> and, and, and we started talking, and then he even called me the next morning. He's like, son, I, man, I, I'm so grateful what you did. I'm so sorry. And our relationship has changed dramatically since that moment. And like I said, my older brothers, they still would hold on to this. And I would try to talk to them, saying, hey, man, you know, I already forgave Pops. And then years later, as they, they matured, I guess, they ended up forgiving my father as well. And then two years ago, we were able to see this happen. Can we go ahead and click on that there? This is a picture of me and my dad and three of my brothers. And it's the first time I've seen my dad in ten years. And we were all there having a good old time. And I thought, wow, this is the power of forgiveness. I want to close out in a reading of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Amen.